the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Katherine, if you have your Bibles with you on this morning, and you should, I want to invite your attention to Genesis chapter 39. We'll begin our reading in verse number 11 as we continue to preach through this series of messages, What's Next?, The word of the Lord reads as follows, but it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garments in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garments in her hand And fled outside that she called to the men of her house, spoke to them saying, see, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. And so she kept his garments with her until his master came home. And then she spoke to him with the words like these, saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came into me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted up my voice and cried out that he left his garments with me and fled outside. And so it was his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. And then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. This morning, as we continue through this series where we began in Genesis chapter 37, walking through this life of Joseph, we began uh, talking to you from the subject matter, what's next when you are the favorite. From there, part two, we were in Genesis chapter 37 as well and spoke to you from the idea, what's next when you serve your haters. Then last, when we were in this message, part three, we were in Genesis chapter 39, And spoke from the idea, what's next when plans change? On this morning in the text that I've read in your hearing, I want to talk to you from the subject matter, what's next when you resist temptation? 
Let me start by walking us through just a little bit of what the Bible says about temptation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible says, No temptation has taken you than such is common to man. In other words, you have been tempted above, beyond anything else any common person has been tempted with. But rather, God is faithful and will not permit you to be tempted above what you can endure. But rather, with that temptation, he will provide a way of escape. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, but each man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lusts. If scripture doesn't bear out enough about temptation, there's an old hymn that says, yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. But each victory will help you some other to win. In other words, as you overcome temptation of this level, it'll give you strength to overcome the next one. And so we gain and glean and understand that the temptation will come. Amen. And temptation is as a result of our own lust because we are fleshly beings. We lust. We, we have desires. And so we're drawn away to temptation by our lust. But God is working in the midst of temptation to make sure that we don't fall to temptation. The Bible says when Jesus was baptized and that the spirit of the Lord rest upon him, he was led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. So I just want you to know you ain't the only one that's been tempted. Even the Lord himself was tempted by the devil. Are y'all still here? And so what's next when we resist temptation, when I don't fall to temptation, when I don't succumb to temptation? What's next then? Well, let me start by saying that even though Joseph resists temptation, you still may be accosted by temptation. And so the text says that it happened about the time when Joseph went into the house to do his work. Nobody was in the house. She caught him by his garments and she said, lie with me. Well, she accosted him with her words to provoke him to succumb to the temptation that she was presenting to him. Now, he had already told her he wasn't going to mess with her because he had a trusted position. His master had trusted him with everything, and, and he didn't want to mess with her because he didn't want to sin against God. I want you to notice something. Notice when the temptation accosts him. It happens when he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Oftentimes, temptation will come and accost you when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's when it comes. And not only that, it comes when nobody else is around. And at that moment, temptation pressed him upside the wall. And the question is, Joseph, what you going to do? So Joseph does the right thing. He runs. The grip she had on him to press him and accost him up to get what she wanted out of him was so tight that when he took off, he left his clothes in her hands. And he said, forget them clothes. I can do without the clothes, but you ain't getting me. He was serious about his commitment to be faithful to God. When temptation comes, your first 
issue of faithfulness is to God before it is to anybody else. If you can commit to do right to God, you can do right for anybody else. Joseph's not really worrying about a job right now. He's worrying about keeping his relationship intact with his God. I wish some people could hear me because I know a lot of folk fall off the wagon because their focus is in the wrong place. Their focus is on trying to keep somebody or trying to keep something instead of trying to keep a relationship with the God who saved you. Joseph said, no, I'm out. Peace, gone. He's out. He rose out. And so he's gone. Secondly, as we pick up in verse number 13, verse 13 says, and so it was when she saw that he had left his garments in her hand and he had fled outside that she called to the men in the house and she spoke to them saying, see, he has brought this, this Hebrew to mock us and he came in to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice and it happened when he heard that I lifted up my voice, uh, he, he left his garments and, and he fled outside. Listen, just because you resist temptation doesn't mean everything is going to be peachy keen. Everything's going to be wonderful. You resist temptation, you still may be accosted by temptation. Secondly, you may also be accused of yielding to temptation. This response of Potiphar's wife is troubling to me in a whole lot of ways. She starts blaming her husband for bringing him here. That's part of the problem. That's kind of an aside. She goes and gets the men who ain't in the house, calls them together and says, look what my husband did. My husband brought this dude up in here and he all, he's trying to lay with me. And then when I screamed, he took off running. So she blames her husband for the problem. That's, that's a whole nother text because folk always want to blame somebody else for what they doing. But watch this. She lies about the situation. Joseph did the right thing. What should be next when you do the right thing? And God is walking with you. God is with Joseph. What should happen? Doesn't happen. He's accused of yielding to temptation. She said he tried to lie with me and take what he wanted. I screamed. He he took off running. Now listen, I need you to understand this. Don't let the accusations cause you to say, well, since you accuse me of it anyway, I might as well do it. See, what happens to a whole lot of folk once they get, keep getting accused of something? They'd be like, hmm, keep accusing me. I'm, I will make you right. And they go ahead and say, well, next time, they don't tell the person this, but they, in their mind they're thinking, well, next time I might as well enjoy the pleasure since I'm being accused anyway. Don't fall for the trick of the enemy that would cause you to say, well, you know what, I'm going to just make you be truthful when you accuse me next time, you're going to be right. And I'll be, I really, really, truly will be guilty. Don't fall for that. It's a trap. She not only accuses him of yielding to the temptation, but to the men, but she then, when her husband gets home, she tells him. Same story. And they play it out in the text. To me, it's almost irritating that they have to uh, recite it again. Because by the time you get to verse 7, she spoke to him the words like these, saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came into me to mock me. He was trying to mock me. Now, she's been eyeballing this dude ever since he got to the house. And it happened as I lifted up my voice, I cried, <laughs> He left, took off, ran, and he just outside. Come on now, come on now. Now, come on. He just ran outside, that's it. Your story, something wrong with your story. Potiphar wife, something wrong with your story. But she's accusing him 
of yielding to temptation. And while she's telling everybody else that Joseph was guilty, she is the one who failed to yield to her own temptation. Listen, sometimes the people that are accusing you are the ones that's guilty of the same thing they're accusing you of. I don't know what it is, but sometimes I think people feel a little better when they can put, point the finger at somebody else and make it look like somebody else is doing something that they're doing. And so here she is. She's the one that couldn't contain herself. She's the one that couldn't yield to temptation. She's the one that had to have Joseph. And so she's the one that when she saw an opportunity, she seized it and grabbed him and thought that he was going to yield to her, but he would not yield. And she could not contain herself. And she's the one. And because her plan didn't play out, now she's going to blame him for what she herself has been doing. This is a good reason why 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 19 says that we should not accept the accusations of one person alone, but two or three witnesses should be presented. And the reason being that here is a man who is walking in his integrity who has resisted temptation, who has not yielded to what she has offered him, and yet by one accusation of Potiphar's wife, by one accusation, but, but let me just say, everybody who accuses is not always telling the truth. Some folk just lying. Some people getting on the bandwagon and that this is not to diminish anybody who has been offended. Okay. I'm not trying to diminish any of that, but I'm really trying to point to a, a reality of, of it. The, the, the man, watch this, this man in the text, and this is why I want y'all to know what we're seeing in our day today is not new. It was happening even in Joseph's time that this woman accused him and without trial, he was put in prison. Y'all see that? No other witnesses. Nobody else saw nothing else on her word alone. He's, he's, he's thrown into prison. Just because you, re you resist temptation won't keep you from being accused of submitting or yielding to the temptation. This is illogical. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that I can do the right thing and still end up in prison. What makes it more amazing is that we know from the text that the Lord is with Joseph. The Lord is with him. He does the right thing and he still goes to jail. That's not to make you hang up your Christianity right about there. If you don't understand, you don't understand what the what's next theology. What's next theology doesn't work the way we want it to. Because what's next in our theology is that I've done the right thing. I've, I've, I've resisted the temptation. I did not lie with the woman. And when she tells a lie, our theology says, because God is with us, he'll vindicate me and I'll have no problems from this accusation. But the reality of it is he's got a problem. Because when Potiphar comes home and he gets the story. It says his anger was aroused, verse 19, and he gets upset. And then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. What's next when you resist temptation? You might still be accosted by the temptation, even though you resisted it. You may still be accused of yielding to the temptation, even after you've resisted. 
even after you've resisted, thirdly, you still may be arrested despite resisting the temptation. You can do all the right things and still end up in prison. Joseph has done everything right. He has, he has been a man of integrity. He has walked upright before the Lord. He has, he has honored his master's request. He's honored his master's wife. He's respected himself. He's done everything right. He's been accused of doing wrong, and nobody wants to hear his story. He's thrown directly in prison. Joseph has been faithful to Potiphar so much so that he had turned everything over into his control. And on one accusation, all of his faithfulness, all of his integrity has been thrown away. Can I talk to somebody right here? Because I want you to, I want you to hear this. Lord, help me. It doesn't mean God's not still working because people throw away your integrity. It doesn't mean God's not still working because people, people cast away all your faithfulness. And I know our theology tells us if you're faithful, God is going to automatically, instantaneously keep you from trouble. It's just not true. He's been faithful, faithful, faithful. He's been, he's been good all the way through. And one lie took it all away. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Let's just, I'm going to just be for real, for real. Something like this would just probably make me mad. I would question, Lord, what are you doing? Why are you letting this happen to me? And I'm not, I'm not just saying this because as a hypothetical. I'm saying this because I've been through this. I, I've been through being accused when I know I was walking in my integrity. I, I've walked down this road, and I'm sure many of you have as well. Well, you've done what you were supposed to do. And one false accusation seemed to wipe out all of your faithfulness. But hang in there. Even though he gets thrown into prison. And, and, and watch this. There's a, there's a little thing I just want to meddle with in this text. He's thrown into this prison. But, but, but look at what it says. It says at, at the end of, of verse 20. It says, Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were confined. Can, can I meddle with the text just a teeny tiny bit? Now, contextually, this prison is like the state penitentiary. Okay? Contextually, it is. But, but here's the good news for you and me. When we are cast into prison, even though we've resisted the temptation, it's the king's prison. Y'all missed that. If I'm going to be put in prison, put me in the king's prison where the king's children are kept. Put me in the prison where, Lord have mercy, where I know the presence of God is. Put me in the prison where God is in control of confining my movement. It's the king's prison that Joseph is put in. And, and I'm trying to help somebody right about here. You might have been put in a confined position. You might have been put on suspension from your job. Maybe you've been even put in a position where they limited what you can do from this point on because of a false accusation. But I need you to understand something. You're in the king's confinement. You're still in the hand and in the control of a king who is in full sovereignty over every other person that they think they're in control. Lord have mercy. Joseph has been put in prison, but it's the king's prison. Y'all still here? I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Pastor, that's still prison. 
Well, I'd rather be his prisoner than to be man's prisoner. Lord Jesus, I'd rather be locked up in Jesus' place than to be locked up in the devil's place. (laughs) Somehow I know that even if I'm locked up in the king's prison, that everything is going to be all right. Somehow I'm, I'm encouraged to know that, 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 that even when you're falsely accused, even when you throw out my faithfulness, even when, Lord Jesus, when I've done the best I can do and the best just doesn't seem good enough, I'm glad to know that I'm still in the hands of God. What's next? God, I'm praying that we keep re- being reminded that you're with us. That you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. And even though things don't look like you're at work. I'm so thankful that you are still working it out for our good and for your glory. Spirit of the Lord, maybe there's someone who's trapped today in the confinement of sin's prison. They can't get out. They've done all they could to escape. There's nothing that they can do to save themselves. But Lord, maybe today they realize that the only escape for them is to come through you. They've been a prisoner of Satan all their life. But maybe today, Lord God, they want to be your prisoner. Maybe they want to surrender to you. Their life that they might have life more abundantly. Father, draw that man, that woman, that boy, that girl. Save them by your amazing grace that they too might be a part of your family, adopted into the family of God, baptized into your spirit. Spirit of the Lord, have your way as you speak to those who are going through their various trials, their various tribulations, their various circumstances. Father, I'm praying that this text today has spoken into their lives that they might understand and realize that you're still sitting on the throne of their life and that there's nothing too hard for you to do. So, Spirit of the Lord, let my brothers and my sisters continue to hope in you for even in prison, even in accusations, even in punishments, that man executes it doesn't keep the grace or the mercy of God away encourage my brother my sister today Lord perhaps someone's drifted in their fellowship perhaps someone became angry because they felt like I've done all the right things and I and I lived right and I was upright before you and 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 God things didn't still go my way things didn't still go right and father maybe they were angered because of it and maybe they even walked away from the church because of it but God I'm praying today that they would understand that you have a plan that you're working and that wasn't the end and they would comprehend and realize that your mercy is still available is still working and I pray that they will be drawn back to you Lord I pray that they would draw, be drawn back to, to rededicate themselves to you today Father have your way have your way in the lives of those who are lost those that need to rededicate themselves Father have your lives in the way of the believer today that your will might be done and your way might be accomplished in the name of Jesus Christ 
I pray and praise you. The people of God said together, amen and amen. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.